What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. As always, another fun one for you, Tim and I chopping it up. We start with talking about our Easter, kind of what that was like. We're a little behind. We didn't catch up on our Easter weekends, so we start there and then get into, I got a fun event, going to the Derby. I go almost every year. It's a fun reunion with friends from college, so we talk about that. Get into the Johnny Depp trial a little bit. That's kind of been hitting the news. Usually I don't care about all all that stuff, but you know, we talk about things that maybe got misportrayed with individuals within the episode, so we lump that one in. Business tips and updates. I'm still going through my business coaching, learning a lot from that. And I talk about a certification. I'm about to finish up through that as well. And then my tip is on calorie cycling, uh, particularly for weight loss, but you can use it various ways, but I run through what that is and how to do that. And then book talk, I am reading The Alchemist. Um, And it's just an interesting read about a shepherd boy who is following literal literal dreams he's been having uh, at night and finding his personal legend going on his path, what is paved for him, uh, regardless of what everyone else is doing around him. So big takeaways from that. Tim, where do you take us today? Oh, yeah. No, great, great episode today. I, I, I loved this one. Um, to open the show talking about the battle between HBO and NBA legend, coach, and executive Jerry West. I think it's some interesting stuff going on with the Winning Time show that they just put out. And um, Jerry West came out and said something. We'll, we'll dive into that. Um, I dive into some business updates about how I'm kind of redefining uh, the brand storytelling process for the people I work with um, and how important it is for not only a resume writer like myself, but also for anybody who's in any field. Um, career tips. Um, I got a question from someone about, hey, like, what's the best way to talk about salary in an interview with a prospective job? I will go through a quick systematic approach you can take to nail that conversation when it comes up. I think it's going to be a good section there. Um, and then in the show, talking about Emotional Intelligence 2.0, the book by Travis Bradbury. Um, talk about seeking the whole picture, what that means. So um, I know you guys are going to love this. Without further ado, episode 185. I love Denzel, man. Yeah. He's so good. I think it would have been dope to see like a movie scene of the conversation between him and Will Smith at the Oscars. Did they have a conversation? Yeah, apparently Denzel either calmed him down or had they had some type of when it went to a commercial break after the slap, Denzel went up to Will and did something and had some conversation. I think the quote's out there somewhere, but yeah. Of course, cool. Denzel. I think it'd be cool was, to see like the the theatrics and like the scene, what that scene would just look like. Hear what Denzel said, and of course, it's him that's calming down Will Smith, like Denzel, mm-hmm. one of the coolest cats alive. Yeah, but oh man, forget Will Smith, bro. Pulling it up right here, I'm trying to think what he said. Like, I don't think he would do that if The Rock told that joke, or if just someone his size told that joke. Uh-huh. He laughed about it as soon as it was said. Like, you saw him laughing at it. Jada Smith was laughing at it. And then all of a sudden, she flips a switch and she's pissed. And Will Smith slaps a guy telling jokes who mm-hmm. is a comedian. I don't know. When the devil ignores you, then you know you're doing something wrong. That's what he said to Will. <laughs> See, wouldn't that be something that that would just be in a movie? <laughs> yeah, but, like, does that really apply? I don't know. Like, I understand the sentiment of the saying, for sure, but in that case, sure, you, like, yeah, the devil drove Will Smith to slap someone and and lay hands on him for, for doing his job and telling a joke and hosting an award show, but it's like, that's all that happened was, yeah, Chris Rock told a joke. Right. He was doing his job. He doesn't smack Will Smith when he fucks up a line for a movie yeah <laughs> like yeah i think he's i think what denzel's trying to do, he's just trying to let will say like, the positive in the situation like try to spin it positively like hey like you must be doing something right if because like what happened tonight is the devil's work like the the hatred i mean whatever happened i think that's what he's trying to say i don't know yeah <laughs> i i just you know it's kind of the thing like if if people aren't talking shit about you like you're you're doing something 
if people are talking shit about you, you're doing something right. Yeah, for sure. Like, you can't get things done without pissing some people off. Right. Um, man, I we have a, such a million-foot lens, but I think Jada Smith is part of the problem. <laughs> I think she is the common Hot denominator. Take. She is Hot the seat. common denominator, man. And I don't know. I think she has thrown Will Smith's mental health for a loop. Again, we're looking so from such a far lens. I could be so far off. That's the thing. We don't know what's going on with these celebrities' relationships, like or anybody's relationship for that matter. But I in think their these celebrities, house. a lot of them, I think, have really strange relationships. I'm sure, yeah. Like just the, all the ones that live out. Rich the West people Coast. just party and live way different, man. That, I've known some people that are up there, and they just mm, their lifestyles are different. Yeah. I mean, nothing really but, we're familiar with, but yeah, nothing. Yeah, not yeah. <laughs> uh, Here come open relationships. No, <laughs> so how is he? In terms of wealth, in terms of wealth, Tim, not not doing weird shit. So uh, how is Easter? <laughs> let's jump right into Easter. Easter yeah. was good, man. I saw it was good. a quick turnaround. I saw my parents um, for it was like a day and a half. I went up mm. on a Saturday, came back the the next night. Uh, Easter night Sunday, um, but it was it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing too extravagant. We always go to friends of my parents uh, for Easter dinner. Um, yeah, usually a quick turnaround for me. Yeah, it's always relaxing going back home. Yeah, yeah. my brother w- didn't go just for one day. Yeah. It's five hours for him, so he usually doesn't come for Easter. Mm-hmm. But that's how I stay favorite. I go home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Got to play my cards right. What, what was the uh, what was on the the menu for the meal? Do you remember? I know um, it's two weeks ago. So by now, but... yeah, yeah. My uh, my uncle Dan, um, he he will smoke meats. Mm-hmm. So I had smoked uh, like pot roast. Mm-hmm. Man, it was good. Yeah, real good. And then That's my mom makes right this there. coconut cake. Not that I'm crazy about coconut, but in certain things I like coconut flavoring. Mm-hmm. And she makes this coconut cake. It is so damn good. Like, we were sitting with someone who said he didn't like coconut. Just mm-hmm. hated it. Tries a piece of this cake and goes for a second. Like, oh. it will turn coconut haters. It made him religious. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. He had an awakening experience. Yeah. Okay. With that cake. Yeah. My mom can put it down. Maybe bring some back down south next time you uh, next time you go up there. Yeah, to next time she makes some, I'll, I'll see what I can, what I can yeah. finagle, but... Man, Mama Slags can she throw some heat in the kitchen, boy. Mm-hmm. What'd you do? Did you see your mom? Yeah, we. I mean, we had a meal at my mom's, and then we went to Brett's family's house on nice. both days. But yeah, my the weekend after, my brother and his wife were in town from New York. They they don't uh don't get to see him a lot, so yeah. it, was, it was a good weekend to have him in. She had, she had her baby shower, and then. Uh, we ended up going out uh, to a brewery downtown Noblesville later on. And nice, starting the baby young, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, baby's not here yet, but yeah. I know that's well, what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Inside. <laughs> yep. Yep. There you go. But yeah, no, we dominated the cornhole boards at this uh, at this brewery. Me and my older brother. It was good to see him. Dominated the cornhole boards. So yeah. did you lose a game? No. Wow. wow. We. Uh, they have like the inside with the live music and then they have like a kind of a back parking lot area where mm-hmm. there's like table like picnic tables set up and like umbrellas over each one whatever but they also have cornhole set up out there and at first me just me and my brother were playing and some random guy from a, a table came up and said hey do you want to play us like, all right let me just lace up real quick and yeah Uh-oh. i'm down had but, to throw the cornhole know. shoes on and then uh the rest is history but yeah it's always good what to was be, it called that place? uh primeval it's in downtown noblesville Got gotta gotta start frequenting the new restaurants yeah, and breweries yeah, in my new home and, and meeting some of the locals as well. So yeah, no, it's good, good weekend. Um, yeah, time with family is always good. So. Nice. Yeah, you're gonna become a local now, aren't you? Yeah, I go up there a lot. Sue's running the anyway, cashier at the diner. Hey, Sue's morning. Yeah, good to see you. You having the usual? Yes, please. Yeah, I'm excited. Man. The next couple months can't go quick enough. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah, but you started. Uh, Work on the house, though. Yeah. yeah, I mean we're getting getting quotes for carpet replacement and Woo-hoo. determining what we're gonna paint ourselves, or so we're gonna have other people paint uh, different stuff like that. Because I do want to do some of the painting projects. Like I, I think it's a good skill. I've never painted a house. Before, You've never painted, so I want to teach myself the skill. Just do it with Brett. Yeah. Yeah. Don't paint trim if you can avoid it. 
have someone else do that. It's, oh yeah, that's painting what, trim I mean, is rough. That's what we're determined. Like, what are we gonna have them do? What are we gonna have yeah. ourselves? Walls do? are. Yeah, it's pretty money. pretty yeah. basic. Yeah. Yeah. Paint yeah. party. Oh. <laughs> well, hey. Well, in that case, I'll bring you want to come over? I'll yeah. bring the booze. All right. Um, well, nice, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see see what all you guys do to it. I'm excited yeah, to I'm see excited what to have you, you over do. too, man. Yeah, anxious to see what you do with your office. Yeah, and some potential. I would love to do some episodes in the office as well because I feel like the office will be. I'm gonna have the soundboard set up as well. Mm. So if we ever wanted to go mobile and record there, I think it would be a good. That'd be cool. Good, good option. I like recording here in our studio. Here, it's really nice here. We're thankful yeah, to have it. But yeah, just closed in. The uh, acoustics are okay. They're not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Huh? I can't hear you. To the oh, you said the acoustics were bad. Oh, I thought <laughs> <laughs> you were fucking with me. <laughs> I'm like acoustics, not volume. <laughs> that was good. All right. Yeah. No, it's a good, good spot. Yeah. We've had a lot of good episodes here, a lot of good interviews. Yeah, man, it's nice. I I, I would really enjoy our own. Yeah. Like where we build it how we want, set up like wall art, sound uh, sound pads, like everything, mount a TV, have like comfy-ass chairs and couches and things that don't squeak. What? And, cup holders. Uh, cup holders, yeah. Or yep. a place to put a drink. Yep. Yep. Um, oh man, just too many ideas. Just <clears throat> yeah, money right now. We'll get there soon. When money is not the issue, we do yeah. have a Patreon, by the way. Off the Dome Radio is on Patreon. Yeah, still uh, working on uploading content, but we are on Patreon. So link in show notes. Uh, yes, you can find the link in the show notes. <laughs> All right. I was like, can it? Is it launched? It is yeah. launched. Okay. Yeah. I just have to. We have to put content At on this there. Point in time. Um. Live. But yeah, so if you guys want to hit us up on that, we would greatly appreciate it. And if you feel like, you know, tipping your hosts, just the tip, we'd appreciate that too. Uh, the Kentucky Derby, Tim. It's coming up. It is the first weekend of May. Preview. First weekend of May. Are you excited? I am very pumped. Um, we brought it up, so you got to be excited. Yes, I'm very excited for it. I have been to, what, five or six derbies now? Uh, it be kind of it. Wow, words. It kind of became a tradition, uh, more of a re- reunion, really, of a lot of college friends. It's like a lot of people, you know, Jesse, Beef, all that. Um, a lot of people I lived with my senior year of school, and one guy's parents, my buddy Beef, his parents live in Louisville still, and so yes, his name is Beef. Yeah, people. he is the Beef. He is the Beef. And and, and like he, everyone needs a friend. Like you know, you got the Beef. Yeah. And so we stay at his parents, but this year there's going to be like 30 people, like huge crowd. Congregation. Right? We do worship services. One, might as well. I might as well preach on the pulpit yeah. while we're down there. Okay. Let's, let's get Jesus with it. He is risen. Um, Indeed. And so, yeah, it became like this big reunion. Uh, and so I'm taking Mia with me. We have like an Airbnb because, I mean, very nice house, but... For thirty people, it's gonna be. And the Airbnb has got the digs, right? Yeah, it's 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 okay. pretty solid. It's about like twenty minutes from Beef's parents. Okay. So her and I will just kind of drive back and forth, but yeah, we're so her and I are going in, getting down there. Early Thursday, <clears throat> so I have one morning patient that Thursday, and I blocked off the rest of my schedule because we're gonna go to the Bullet Distillery mm-hmm. down there at like one thirty, do a tour. Beef isn't going to get until that night. There's going to be six or eight of us that stay at his parents Thursday. Friday, we're, we got a big golf scramble going on. Um, and then we'll hang at Beef's Friday, Friday night. We'll go back to our Airbnb. We'll go back in the morning Saturday. Big bus is going to take us to Churchill Downs. Beef organizes, like, when it's party time, he is in yeah. organization sounds mode. Like you, it sounds like you're reading off an itinerary. This is well organized. It's yeah, beautiful. right? And, um, yeah, for a basket of degenerates like us, like, we got it going on. Yeah, if you can plan like that, like... Mm-hmm. So we have actual big bus. It'll take us down there, yeah. like, that morning, bring us back later that afternoon, and then come back up for Mother's Day on Sunday. Yeah. Hopefully win some cash. Maybe buy Dad a boat. It's what I say every year. Dad, I'm buying a boat this year. There you go. But I end up losing some money. Yeah. That's all right. But yeah, it, it'll be fun, man. I, I think it's going to be... 
I don't want to jinx myself, but I think it might be one of my favorites. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That'll yeah. be a good time. Yeah, Let yeah. Me, let me know how it goes. Will do. Yeah, I wish you and Brett could join, man. <clears throat> yeah. I This coming weekend, I have my uh, my golf trip. That's right, yeah. Indiana. Yeah, Viraj and I and like five or six of his friends I've never met in person before are going. We have a group chat going, of course. Cool. Updating the weather every day. Hey, guys, the weather. It's 20% chance of rain now for Saturday. <laughs> updating in the group chat. But yeah, no, we're going Southern Indiana. You guys need some new topics. Yeah. <laughs> Right now, it's it's lit in there. It's called the uh, hope. Hey, happy hump day, everybody! Yeah, it's called weather. The, still looks good. Yeah, Sagamore Resort, uh, Harbor Links. It's gonna be. We're, we have our. Uh, we rented like five cabins. Nice. We're, uh, we're staying there for the weekend. And have you played there before? No, never been to this place. The cabins are like right on the lake too, and they're like right next to the golf course. So oh, that's perfect. We'll play thirty six holes on. Saturday, we'll play 18 mm. holes. Saturday. Sunday for a week and a 54 36 holes. holes. Be lit. It's going to be Dude, good. that's going to be gonna awesome. Be relaxing. Yeah. I'm excited wait. for you. Yeah. yeah a couple good. days out of the office. Nothing but golf on the, on the mind. Mm-hmm. Be good, man. Um, you guys are going to like do uh, food over open fire at all? Like cook over the campfire yeah, so or anything like that? Or? Never been, but I've been looking on their website to see what their amenities are. They have mm. like a basketball court there. They have a restaurant. That, I'm, of course, I'm they assuming have a they have. Uh, I think you plan. Assuming this. they have fire pits somewhere, but yeah, like mm. well, I think. I mean, I think we're like 20, 30 minutes from Miami of Ohio. If we wanted to like visit there, oh, go wow. there. That's an option. But this seems like the type of place where like you're there and like you're partying there and staying there for the weekend. Yeah, and I think that's the it's taking the a goal. bunch of supplies. Yeah, I've heard my ammo. Miami, Ohio is a gorgeous campus, though. Oh yeah, no, for I've sure. never that's been. Where, yeah, that's where because that's where Brett was. Brett went, yeah. yeah, and then I, I looked there. And yeah, no, it's, it's weird because it's like in the middle of nowhere. Really, it's like forty five minutes from Cincy, but it's like in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of like farmland. But it's like this like mini college town that's got everything you need right here. It's kind of fun though. Yeah, Oxford, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Oxford. Oxford University. Oxford? Benedict Cumberbatch. University. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where else did you look at school besides there in Butler? Uh, Purdue and IU as okay. well. Were you always pretty set that you would go to Butler or? Um, no, not always. No? Um, but yeah. Like, were you no, close to going I, somewhere I needed, else? I needed to go and like see what the campus felt like walking around for each one, obviously, as everyone does. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it just came down to the relationships thing with Butler. Okay. It's like, yeah, it's a little more expensive, but like, hey, it's we we ran the numbers and it's an investment and like look at what came from it. Like everything right. that's happened, like all like a lot of good things that's happened in my life since college are a lot of it's because of Butler and like the people I met there. Sure. And just the skills I picked up there. So yeah, thought it was good. Nice. I just love Indy too. It, I, I, Indy's great. Who knows man. if I'd be living in Indy post grad if I didn't go to Butler. Right. But I lived in Indy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. So were you split, like between one or the other? And I know you said the relationship thing. Was there another school you were close? I'd say I'd say uh, Miami of Ohio was like number two. That was number then, two. And then IU with IU and Purdue were like tied for third, close behind Got that. It. But yeah, really Man. close to Miami. Purdue's rec center is immaculate. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I, if I, I knew about there. that, I visited, I visited friends there and we played there. If I knew about that place it's before, like it's crazy. They have a full kitchen for the dietetics majors mm-hmm. in that place. If I knew about all that, we, we I don't tried, know if I would have gone to Butler. We tried to get someone in that department on our podcast, and they reached back out, and there was no other follow-up. I'll let you know. Okay. Show, but but from, per, from Purdue? I would love to get someone from that kitchen or the, from that department. That'd be great. <clears throat> dietetics. I, would, I would love it. Mm-hmm. And even if we went there and did it? Yeah, you can get some hoops in. We can get a workout in. Like golf and camping, golf course. We pretty, could pretty we could have a little Lafayette weekend, Tim. Yeah, I mean you might as well make a trip out of it, right? Says you can't have you fun with flyover states, uh, baby. They have the Union Hotel. That's a really nice hotel. I'm oh, sure. If we made it a weekend trip, we'd probably just stay there. It's a that'd nice, be cool. Nice ass hotel. Yeah, yeah. Maybe tell the women like, hey, you guys want to spend a weekend in Lafayette? Yeah, nice hotel. I think that I think we're developing a nice little trip here. I, you know what? Just this is just. Let's off. just stop the show. Let's start planning this. Now. All right, off the dome radio. Let us know what else you want to hear. Peace, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> Not calling our audience bitches. 
Just... Yeah, but Johnny Depp. That was endearment. Yeah, Johnny Depp, man. That has been... I like Johnny Depp. He's, I don't know, interesting cat. I feel like he really got thrown under the bus here. You know, accused, I don't really know what's of, going on um, here. Can you explain? It was domestic violence accusation. Okay. Um, I don't know all of the details, but that is the crux of it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he was very bullish. Like, no, that did not happen. Um, and I think he was, it's coming out more that he might have been on the receiving end of some sexual assault-ish things. I don't uh-huh. know whether that's verbal or physical. Again, I don't know all the details. Um, I try to stay out of just garbage like that. Right. But it, it's been a pretty big deal. And they just had, I think they just finished four days of um, cross exams mm-hmm. and where it might be coming out that she maybe has a personality disorder mm-hmm. uh, right. thing going on like that. Um where it's looking really good for him because I think he sued for defamation. Okay. Is what ended up happening. She had an accusation, he countersued with for defamation, rightfully so. But interesting, he has also been the victim of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And I use victim a little loosely, but he has been on the receiving end of that of getting canceled. Yeah. And it's not until that happens when they make the statement, you know, we really got to stop this cancer cancel stuff mm-hmm. because he was coming out and saying that. So this is just very interesting last couple of years for Johnny Depp. That man needs a vacation. I've heard he's been like in debt too. Like money Has problems. he? Is that true? I don't know uh-huh. um, as much about his financials. I. It's crazy to think that someone like him could would need to worry about money. I mean, yeah, a lot. The amount of gross revenue he's pulled in through his movies. <sighs> And it's, you know, what a... He's he's been running the max. Right. Right. Since, like, Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) Like... Fire. Yeah. Right. Um, But, yeah, money just gets mismanaged. It's like, man, how do you not invest so much of that into things like real estate and this and that and just keep your eye on ventures and, you know, for when a Facebook comes along, when whatever, a Tesla comes along. Sometimes when you get into a fast lifestyle, it goes too fast for you. True that. Kind of get disorganized just hire a guy hey your sole job is to find me really good investments yeah i mean lifestyle influences like when you start getting into that lifestyle like you just kind of like sometimes you lose track mm-hmm. yeah it's not about how much money you make it's about how much money you keep okay chill oh let's go mad money tim yeah it's a good point like it's just i'd be like hey grant cardone here's like 20 mil just take care of it for me make me a ton of money and take this cash. Mm-hmm. Use this bag. Buy whatever. <clears throat> but I don't have the 20 mil. So mm-hmm. come on, Johnny. But yeah, happy to see he's... Uh, looks like he's going to come out okay on this one. <clears throat> yeah. Not completely unscathed. But he might have a dub in his pocket here. Okay. And okay, I, Tim. And I wonder if HBO will come out unscathed because Jerry West. Oh yeah, you were talking Jerry West. All right, long hit us. time quick quick longtime Laker player. He yep. coached the team from 76 to 79. Uh he's been an NBA GM, he's been an advisor for the Los Angeles Clippers. So player coach and like even I mean, he's like 80 years old, something like that. So yeah. really really up there. He's Knows still his way around the He's game. still an active NBA executive. He is trying to sue HBO over the winning time show i haven't seen that so it's not a documentary but it's called the winning time the rise of the lakers dynasty it's with fiction it's with uh characters that are playing the people um and they pretty much talk about how when jerry buss bought the team in the 70s mm-hmm. and kind of turned around the brand that is the lakers made it a fun brand turned it around and magic johnson arrived and they started winning championships and it's pretty much a show that recaps that but it's like it's not a documentary um but Jerry West claims that he said, quote unquote, they belittled something good. If I have to, I will take this all the way to Supreme Court. So interesting. when I was watching this at first, so, I mean, this is just how they portrayed his character. Mm-hmm. They kind of portrayed him as kind of a loser, kind of like an alcoholic, someone who doesn't get along with people, kind of butts heads. Uh, I thought they didn't, I mean, he, I know he's, think a, they... he's a successful guy, like he's extremely successful, yeah. but this show specifically in the beginning, at least... Uh, didn't really cast him in the best light and 
They claim they responded to Jerry's statement and said, "Hey, HBO has a long history of producing compelling content drawn from actual facts and events that are fictionalized in part for dramatic purposes." That's what they said. Hmm. And they said that when they when they created this show, they like use like factual research and um, source like from sources and. So they're standing firm behind the, what they what they made, but I just think this is extremely interesting. Yeah, that's and it makes sense. it kind of make. I mean, I see it from Jerry's point of view because that was my opinion when I first saw his character. But like he's talking about how they kind of portrayed like just the team and the organization in general, and like yeah. what, what was going on behind the scenes, and who knows if what if how much of it is factual. But yeah, Jer- Jerry's willing to go to Supreme Court over this. Yeah, that's bold. Like, he's really sure about something. And I wonder, you know, can HBO get sued? Because there's also, like, I don't know, obviously I'm, I'm no lawyer, but creative rights, but if you're going to claim something is factual, every person has facts, right? right? So three sides to every story. If you're not going to even talk to him, but again, people make, they made movies about Trump and probably didn't get his take on, on aspects that they were doing. Right. Um, I just think treating every side of the coin equally. So, like, I think they should have Jerry West's uh, side of it. From your perspective, uh, Tim, because honestly, I don't know anyone with as much NBA knowledge that you have. Like, truly, I'm not, I'm not even trying to put you on a pedestal. Like, but you're up there, Tim. You're I love you're on a pedestal. The NBA. I love finding the business aspect. I love finding the financial aspect and everything about it. Yeah, but I truly don't know anyone. I can ask you any NBA question in my shallow depth of knowledge. Uh, like, I love basketball, but I don't. Like, you know the NBA. Ask this man any person's contract in the NBA. Please. Like, anyone. Anyone. Spottrack.com. Yeah, right. But um, do you think that HBO... Uh, portrayed Jerry West inaccurately. In so your thing, perspective, yeah. I mean, it, when you talk, talk about portraying him inaccurately, I can't really speak on that because mm-hmm. I don't know what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the facts. They they claim that they do, but do I think they portrayed him like? Yeah, I, I don't know about accuracy, but or I could do. have done better. Like you said, it made you think if, that if he I was, was kind so, of a loser. If I was someone who had never met. Or heard the name Jerry West, or knew anything about him, and I watched this show for the first time. I would think he's a loser, an alcoholic. Yeah. Okay. But you say he's eighty years old. He's still yeah, he's in the game. I I was telling Brett this. I was like, I I know the Jerry West of today. Like I see him as like an NBA executive who's like well respected in the league, mm-hmm. and I know he. I mean, he's one of the few players to ever uh, win the MVP of the NBA Finals on the losing team. So usually the oh, MVP, wow. usually the MVP of the finals is on the winning team. Sure, he won it when he was on the losing team because like, but That's gr- a granted, like he like the when the Boston Celtics went on their championship run in the seventies, he was always on the losing side of it. It was always Lakers versus Celtics in the finals, and the Celtics would always win. Damn. Um, so he was kind of portrayed as a loser in his career, and they dramatized that, but like that's what it is. Sure. Like yeah, you lost. You didn't yeah. win. I like my prediction for this is. I don't think it's going to end up going. Like, I don't think Jerry West is going to end up winning this. That's my prediction. But yeah. I can see, like I said, like, I, I see his viewpoint where he's coming from, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who knows what he might be able to sue for. And there's another documentary coming out as well. About This him? isn't a documentary, but there's a documentary about Magic Johnson and the Lakers. Mm. I think it's focused on Magic Johnson. Okay. So I'm they sure, might get a sprinkle I'm, I'm sure he West. will be a big part of that as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Crazy. Bummer for Jerry West that he's going to have to battle this and feels that he got slighted in terms of his character because, like, I wouldn't want my character questioned and me not even have a say. No. Or an attempt to have a say. Now he's trying to take his attempt, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one shakes out. It's a pride thing, man. I try to put myself in his shoes. Like, you're 80-whatever years old and you've lived a long life and, like, recency bias right people remember the most recent thing mm-hmm. and this like the most recent thing right now yeah he's old like you don't want to go out and that's what the talk of the town is rather than all your other positive accolades and accomplishments 83, 83 and years old i don't know if he's done like charitable works but like if he has all that is right now under the rug uh-huh uh, and 
what's interesting is that Last Dance documentary about the Bulls. Uh huh. One could argue. I mean, I, I know Scottie Pippen didn't like how he was portrayed. Right. But yep. he also he did make poor decisions that had to be shown for the sake of the documentary. It was good juice for the show. Like, man, you can't quit on your team like that. But you can't ignore that if you're going to make a Bulls documentary either. Mm-hmm. Um, but one could argue that that documentary, that some players were alcoholics or addicted to tobacco. Like, you could make all those claims too. Showed them drinking beer right after the games or, you know. Right, like, you know what I'm saying? You, you can them. different time of the game. Yeah. And look at what they still did. Like, I think we got to take the times into into account when it's just things were different. Things were done differently. They didn't have all the, the tact, the socials, the things to worry about as much. Michael Jordan was smoking six cigars in the morning at the golf course and then dropping 50 points on your favorite team that night. Right. You think anybody's doing that right, right. now? No. That that man was having cocktails and cigars and championship rings all at the same time. So you tell times me. Times were different. You times were different. I'm just saying, man. Like, I don't know. Again, I don't know Jerry West. I don't know what all's going on, but you don't want people to get misrepresented. Man. Yep. Johnny Depp and Jerry West really need to listen to this episode and how much we got their backs and come on the show. Mm-hmm. Tell their side. You know, if they want to fly us somewhere nice, we'll come to them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But real quick, Yeti plug. Where are we at with the sponsorship, guys? Come on, come on. We got one here. We got one here. I don't know what brand this is, but it's not yet. That's all right. Same but you, concept. You have same concept. I Tim's I got love like the concept. Tim's okay. got that thirty-two ounce Yeti. We showed it off last episode. That's why he's got to pee so damn much. Man, it's true. Yeti's holding a lot of fluids for my boy. Happens a lot. So. I don't know, guys. I'm just saying, think about it. You know, let's have a conversation at least. Yeah. Please. A little, little please and thank you. All right. Business updates and tips. Tim, take us there. Okay. Unless you had any more on Jerry West. No, no. I'll, okay. I'll give some, uh, some business updates. Just a focus that I've been doing is making sure clients feel heard, making sure Ooh. they feel represented. Um, and that go. I mean, this is not a novel concept, but... I'm just making sure that when I have that introductory call with them and I listen to their needs and listen to what jobs they want to go after, what career paths they want to go down, what, what salary they want, what they want their resume to communicate, I write every, all that down in my notes, in my OneNote app. I write everything down. Um, and, then when I, and then I send them questions about their resume. I send them a questionnaire. I, I send them thoughtful questions about the content of their resume and what mm-hmm. they want to communicate. They give me their answers, whether on the phone or through email, and I copy and paste them in my notebook and making sure that when I write that resume, they feel heard and represented. And that means going through all my notes and highlighting, going through what they say. And when I use a piece of content in the resume, I highlight it in my OneNote to make sure that I checked it mm. off. So that's kind of thing, one thing that I've been a lot more diligent at because um, I think that's, I mean, customer satisfaction. Like they want to see the final result when they see the final result, they want to they want to feel hurt. They want to feel like they were uh, they were hurt. So yeah. uh, when they see that those those updates and they see, hey, this is what I said on the phone. Like, hey, this is what I said in the email. Like, they understand that. So I think that's been. I just think that's been uh, that's been pivotal for me. I've, I've got more referrals. I've, I feel like I've gotten more just positive responses. And um, not that I wasn't before, but it's just I think it's something that I've been uh, mm-hmm. really doing. So yeah, it's been good. That's huge, man. Because yeah, people at the end of the day they want to be heard. You know, um, but the way you're approaching it, like people know they're heard, but they also know that you care. Mm-hmm. Like you're very specific. You refer to things that they said in a phone conversation, and you've probably had people like, "Oh wow, yeah, you remembered that." You know, mm-hmm. um, but when that goes into the work, and you have exactly what they want in that work, it's like, oh, he he was really listening to me, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't just waiting to speak and say, yeah. all right, here's my price. This is how it works, blah, blah, blah. One, you're seeing if you can help them, which more times than not, yes, you can. Yeah. Very good at what you do. But it's also like you just care. And we've talked before on the show. People don't care on how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. 
and that like that will get you more business than just knowing the things mm-hmm. is also caring about it. So, man, I think that's awesome that uh, that's what your focus has been is making sure people are heard and letting them just get it out and tell their stories. Yeah. And this resume is you. Like th- mm-hmm. this is you. And it goes back to what we talked on the show before. And I got this question this week from someone like, hey, like, is it weird that I'm sending out a resume that you wrote? Ooh, is, okay. it, is it? We've talked about this before. Like, yeah, yeah. hey, is it like ethical? Is it moral to hire a resume writer? That's why I think this is especially important with getting that information. Like, you give me your thoughts. Me writing this resume and the resume itself is just a vessel for what you have accomplished in your career right. and your thoughts, your ideas. Like, I'm just taking your ideas and your thoughts and translating it into a way that's effective for today's job market and right. applying for jobs with resume. So, don't forget that. That is an interesting question, though, too. But it's also. You know, how many people actually write their own books that they sell on the shelves? Mm-hmm. Very few. Yeah. Like, they'll speak, they have a ghostwriter, but, you know, that's one of those things. Do what you're really good at, hire the rest. Mm-hmm. Like, not everyone can describe themselves that well on paper. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can verbalize it, but they can't put it into words. Yeah. That's what you do. Right. And it's, it's a great thing where they help provide for your livelihood, you're helping provide for theirs. It's a very even transaction. You're helping them progress in their career, which, you know, that helps a lot of things. When that is going well, other things go well too. Um, and where they're they're fueling, yeah, what you do. And it's, yeah, interesting that people have asked about the um, ethics behind it. I, I just think it's, it'd be like me hiring someone to, help create content for my business, my coaching business, and put it online, but maybe I didn't create all of it. Right. Like it's it's just hire what you're not the best at because I think we get stuck. We have to be the best at all the things that we're doing for ourselves. No, not really. Yeah. Like everyone has coaches for this and that. People who are coaches have a coach. Like it's right. mentors and things like that. So it's just another help along the way, but it's – I don't know. Yeah, you, you, you're 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 accurate with that. I, I I agree. I mean, you flash back to 2017. I'm reading the autobiography of Gucci Mane. I'm like, he's a really good writer. Fucking wordsmith, right? Like, well, he's like, damn, damn, like impressed. Brick yeah. Squaw. Yeah. yeah, good book by the way. Is it? Yeah, I haven't read. Good it. lessons. Um, <clears throat> have you had any other recently any other questions from clients that? kind of made you think, rethink your approach or process how you do things with your business, interactions with people, anything? Because to me, that's a very interesting question of, mm-hmm. hey, is this is this moral? Like mm-hmm. getting a job off something you wrote? Like they did all the work, you just put it on paper. Any other questions like that that have really kind of made you think a little differently about it? Yeah, when I first started doing resume writing, the content aspect of the resume, the new content that we're added in, I got all of that on the initial call. That wasn't, I mean, that was me not being being familiar with the industry. That was me trying to get everything on one single call for the resume. Hmm. I took notes on all my calls like I always would. Um, But I felt like when I first started resume writing, I wasn't nearly as effective as what I am now with my words because of what I'm about to say. So when when a client, a client asked me a question like, hey, do you have a questionnaire that you send out to people? That was one of like the questions I got early on. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I don't have a questionnaire, but like I'll incorporate everything that we, we talked about on this phone call. So like even though I was writing a good resume for people, I just, I, I think at first when I started, and this is true with anything you do, like you're going to become better over time. I just feel like now, like my due diligence and my process of getting the maximum amount of information out of someone for a resume is, I mean, it, it exists so much more now because I've implemented... Every call I have with a new client, mm-hmm. I take notes on the call about what they want. But the first step, they're always like, so what's next? What's the first step? The first step is now, because of what that client initially asked me, I go through the resume top to bottom and I send them a personalized list of questions about each of their different roles, each of what they've done. Um, that way that I, I can get as much information out. Wow. So Yeah. And Dex, that goes man. along, that, I mean, that ties into what I shared today. So yeah, yeah. It's the reason. Nice. I, I take notes on what they tell me on the on the consultation call, but there's a there's a second piece to that. What their responses to that personalized questionnaire I said. Okay. And I yeah. highlight everything. Yeah. It gets super detailed. Yeah. That's so. fantastic, man. 
Ah, oh, it's good shit. It's all it's all in the details, right? Uh, what you got for a tip? Yeah. Um. So this is also from another question I got from a client yesterday. Um. They were talking about so, a lot of concern that the clients I work with have is, they'll walk into a job and a company will have an idea of what they want the salary for the job to be, and then the person who's applying for the job, they have an idea of what they think they're worth. Okay. And they're afraid that what they think they're worth is going to be far more than what the company can provide budget-wise. Um, so they're talking about like, hey, how do I approach that conversation? Do I say my salary requirements when I apply for the job and submit my resume? Or do I wait for the conversation in the interview to, sh- to have that conversation? Mm-hmm. And it happens at different points. Like they, some job applications will ask you to put it. But the question is like, how should you approach that? And I was thinking about this. It, it all comes down to research. That's what it comes down to. Okay. What is the market paying for someone who's doing your job right now? And coupling, coupling off of that, what are this company's competitors paying these people for these jobs? And yeah, I'm going to shake this one real quick. It's okay. All right, so you're talking about competitors. Sorry, we had to shut a window. No, you're good. Uh, um, what what companies are paying for those jobs? Yeah, it, and you got to see what companies are paying those people with those same job titles at their at their company. Because and it obviously depends on the role. Like a VP of sales role is going to be different from like an entry level role. Sure. I mean, what what you got to ask yourself: What is the value of this position to the company? So to answer the question, like how should you approach it? First, you should you should ask the interviewer, ask the company, like, hey, like. What is your ideal vision for this role? What role do you see this this position playing for the grand scope of the company? Like, pretty much asking like, how valuable do you think this role is Powerful from a question. non from a non number standpoint? Like, mm. what are what am I doing here? Like, mm. the quality manager at this company may not have the same amount of responsibilities or impact as the quality manager at B company. So, that's get that answer from them and use that in your response. But the second piece is the research aspect. Like, look at I mean, you can go to Glassdoor, you can go to LinkedIn, go to salary.com, PayScale. You can find out what people in your area are making in your geographical area for, for what you do. So, and then, yeah, lay those facts on the table. And then you, what you've done in your career, your resume, whatever deliverables you give them should should speak your value. Yeah. So that's how I would answer that question. Mm. Career tip. Career tip. Good question. Good answer. Yeah. Because... Uh, Man, I did it when I was applying for for jobs in corporate, and I'm sure a lot of people do it. Is you read the job description and you hit apply, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But you also you're just trying to find a job. To where it's like if if you really cared about the work, you'd understand the company, what they're doing, exactly how it's working. Um, but yeah, people don't like talking money. Mm-hmm. I don't mind talking money, but um, yeah, I think that's a great approach to see you know what's the market vibe of of this role and, and what can I think that they might offer for yeah. payment. And, and every company has a budget. Like if it's not in your budget for your company, it's not in your budget. Yeah. And if it's not a fit with you, it's not a fit with you. Just go on the next opportunity. Like they will find someone who will go for that number that adheres to their budget, but you have to make the executive call. Like mm-hmm. there are other opportunities out there that fit your financial needs and whatever. So say um, the market average air quotes, average for a job is, we'll go more entry level, like say Mm $45,000. And maybe you have a year or two experience, maybe not, but it's still kind of entry level. Uh, So how would you leverage yourself? And it'll be different if you have work experience. Let's say you've worked like two years, two, three years. Um, And we'll, so we'll jump that average like 50 Someone offers maybe 47 and you just came from 44. How do you leverage or start the conversation of asking for more? They say, hey, this is so our you're offer. you're saying that the market average for your position is 50. Yep. And the company's offering 47. Yep. Your previous job was 44. Yep. Yeah, I would just, I would take it like, hey, this is what the market's paying. And then do what I just said, mm-hmm. what I just explained. And if they still don't budge, then just be like, hey, like, I'm going to start at 47, but let's let's have some incentives here in place to keep me hmm. motivated to produce value to your company, not only now, but a year from now. If I'm still doing X, X, and X a year from now, you bump me up to this number. You yeah. bump me up to 50. Hmm. 
of course, inflation, you got to say, call. like, hey, inflation is going too, so. Yeah. I mean. Call you, it 55 and we're square. Show, I mean, oh, like, you just got to ask yourself, like, what's 3000 for you today? Like, what's yeah. the 3000 I'm just throwing out numbers, yeah. like. Yeah, like, you got to, it's, everybody's different, but that's how I'd approach it. Like, if you, like, if you think it's, that's an option, like, start at what they offer you. If that's, if they're not budging, like, if they're still, like, you can always just be like, hey, like, um, have some incentives in place. Yeah. Okay. But cool. I mean, we, we live in a time right now where, I mean, old times, like I feel like comp- companies had more of the leverage when, when hiring candidates, but now because of the internet, the accessibility of information, mm-hmm. you can go apply for any opportunity and companies like are offering more benefits. Like it's just way more competitive. And I feel like, I mean, I hate to, I mean, it's true, but like any type of workers, like a, like a sports free agent, like you got to treat it that way. Yeah. I mean, that's what these players are doing with their contracts. Like. With the with the skills that I mean, with the knowledge we have, and just how much better professionals are because of the knowledge we have out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just you gotta. It's competitive. You gotta do that. Yeah. You gotta know your value. Yeah, it's good advice. I wish I would have known how to negotiate and navigate those conversations better when I was applying for jobs. Yeah. Because um, I probably just left money on the table, or you know, even negotiating things like vacation days. Yeah. Left on the table and. You know, different incentives. But yeah. all right, cool, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's good stuff. What about you? What are your tips for us today? Um, so update. I'm still. I oh. uh, got the business coaching stuff, so I'm still. It's just drinking water from a fire hydrant, just mm-hmm. a lot. Um, uh, going through continued edit at the same time. I'm getting close to finishing uh, one of my other certifications. <laughs> it's it's uh, a mindset cert. So. Mm-hmm. You know, recognizing mindsets, how to identify certain things, uh, language, how people talk, what they say, uh, which helps me determine as a coach, okay, this is mentally kind of where they're at. How do I guide them to, you know, if they're very fixed mindset, how do we kind of work into that growth mindset? Like, how do we kind of change language and verbiage a little bit, um, especially with like self-talk, you know, even a simple thing of not using cheat meal. Because cheat meal has this connotate like this negative connotation, mm-hmm. so small stuff like that. Like I'm very big. Words really matter, mm-hmm. um, coaching and otherwise. Like we don't think about the meaning of, of words as much. I feel like I'm getting a Dr. McGowan in me right now. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love the energy. I see, <laughs> I see uh, Jordan Peterson one time. <laughs> Transforming um, before our eyes. But no, it's cool. It's uh, I'm excited for everything else I'm going to learn. I'm excited for you know continuing having better systems and processes. Yep. Because I don't like writing systems and processes. I just want to do the work. Yeah. Let me I do what I'm that. really good at. But that was one of um, my guy Dustin at NCI. That was one of his things because I asked him. I was like, Hey, how do I set myself up the best going through this? And he goes, Do all the boring work. Yep. If you think it's not gonna work, trust us. He goes, I've seen this a million times, and it works. We know what we're doing. Okay. Come. Um, Fair. So yeah, just doing that. That's kind of my biggest uh, business update. Got some, you know, my one location in Carmel stuff is picking up there. I got a new uh, potential um, trainee that's going to be a big, uh, a big uh, land for me if that works. So things are moving in the right direction, I'd say. Um, in terms of tips. I want to talk calorie cycling. So something I'm doing with one of my nutrition clients right now, and we're messing with her workout frequency and intensity throughout the week as well. Uh, we're just we're kind of altering overall stress. So from inside the gym to outside, I kind of know where she's at. She's got a lot of things going on, which is fine. You know that happens. So we're backing off a certain workout style this many days a week. We're going to add this in replace of that. But we're also calorie cycling. So on her higher intense, higher intensity days where she's burning more, yeah, we're going to feed more. We're going to stick to where she is currently at, um, kind of air quote, maintenance. Mm-hmm. So we'll have probably four or five days per week she's eating at maintenance calories. And the other two to three, depending how that week looks, she's going to drop about 500 calories. So we're essentially taking away one meal on days where she is going lower intensity, maybe she's just doing some cardio, a few body like traditional bodybuilding movements, nothing high heart rate, nothing go get them, and so we're going to back off calories, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Altering calories for um, activity and lifestyle, 
but an easy way to not go straight deficit all the time to where we can still feed the body, feed it what we're wanting to do. Uh, right now, her and I, were, we're working on leaning her out. But before I just go straight deficit for however long, let's let's calorie cycle. You know, let's have days where, yeah, we kind of refeed. We have those in place. But she has, in the last week and a half, two weeks, down about five to seven pounds. Okay. Um, so I expect to, and these are conversations that we have, but I expect that, that to level off a little bit. Um, we'll probably add a little more cardio. Her body responds very well to it. So we'll probably add a little more of that. And then I think we're going to cycle based on weeks at a time. So I might take her lower calorie one week, maybe seven to 10 days, have one or two, one to three refeeds, depends how long I'm gonna throw her in a deficit. But we're gonna still refeed, drop back down. And then once we see some more pounds shed and where she's like, all right, pretty pleased, then we're gonna slowly work uh, up just a little more to get that body out, body out of deficit. She will have a new maintenance once she loses weight, so we'll find new maintenance, but slowly work her back up to that new maintenance. It'll be lower than the old, of course. But that's that's what I think we can do is cycle your calories. It's a, I wouldn't say advanced. It's I mean, you're eating higher on days you do more, less on days you do less. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. When you when you put it down, when you frame it like that, right. It but we're going from maintenance, ideal air quotes maintenance. You know, give 15 percent maintenance to deficit, maintenance to deficit. So we're not hitting surplus. We're not going into surplus, but. Um, that's how we're doing it now. So if you know roughly how much you need to eat in a day to just maintain your current lifestyle, that includes all activity, everything to just maintain where your body is at, float between there and then drop, you know, start three to 500 calories on days that you do less. So if it's like, oh, usually, you know, Monday through Thursday, I do weight training. Friday through Sunday, maybe I go on a walk each day. Maybe I stretch, do some things, drop off your calories then, um, you know, don't force feed yourself. You probably won't be as hungry. So you can afford to, all right, maybe I, I fast. I don't do a breakfast and I start at lunch and have a lunch, a snack, a dinner on my light days. Mm. So you can really mess with uh, cycling your calories without starving yourself. We don't have to go straight deficit like everything has its place. But start with cycling your calories and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. If Yeah, if you're on a... If you're like Saturday, you didn't work out, you're going to go out with friends. Okay, then maybe you fast a little more that day. You have smaller meals. Maybe, you know, you go super low fat um, because that's going to, that has the highest uh, calorie count per gram. But, you know, don't go overboard either, especially when you're on a uh, lower activity day. But start with cycling those calories and see how your body responds and how it feels. Give it a couple weeks and, you know, then go from there. Mm-hmm. But I think we just don't even think about altering caloric intake with activity and we can bounce back and forth. Like everything's a tool. Like just mess with it and see what happens. Yeah, it makes sense. So Thank God people have you as a guy. <clears throat> right? Not enough though. <laughs> Soon. Yeah. Uh, just a matter of time. It's Gary V. That's right. Nipsey. Just a matter of fucking time. Yep. Uh, all right, Tim, let's get down and nerdy with it. Okay. You want me to start out? Uh, yes. You know what? Please. Sure. I would love if you would yeah. start out. Be uh, be honored. Uh, book talk, yeah. Emotional Intelligence 2.0, Travis Bradbury. So it talks about seek the whole picture. So obviously you don't always want to be worried about what people think about you. That's, that's not what I'm trying to say here. But he says look outward and seek feedback. Seeking feedback from others is the key to social awareness. We're talking mm-hmm. about social awareness here. Like obviously, like you you know yourself better than anybody, but at the same time, seeking feedback from others, from people you care about, from people who care about your successful outcomes and know you and engage with you a lot, it gives you the chance to see how they view you and to see the whole picture. And mm-hmm. when you gather other people to help you out, it allows you to understand yourself better a little bit more through their eyes if that makes sense um i think this is important to do just from an emotional intelligence standpoint like obviously that's the name of the book yeah um but yeah i think when it's when you talk about relationship building and talk about self-improvement 
I do think that like whether I mean we don't want emotions to come into our decision making, but whether we like it or not, it does. Like we mm-hmm. we have millions of emotions go through us every day. Um, so I think it's important to at least take a step back and and see how the people who care about us view us. Sometimes. For sure. So, um, and like I said, don't. I mean, you don't need to take every like opinions people's about you personally, but at least like digest them and try to see it from their eyes. Be like, hey, like evaluate, like hey, how much of this is true, and how can I use this information to live a better, healthier life? Right. So, and I I think you can discern who's giving what type of feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, I if you told me, hey, man, you kind of did this, you know, socially, eh, maybe don't do that. I would value your feedback. Like you would be correcting me because you care. Mm-hmm. There's a difference, and then other people might correct to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you you said, don't worry about what everyone thinks, but the opinions that matter and have weight to you, listen to it because if they're giving you some feedback, you know, whether you want to hear it or not or need to hear it, they're giving it to you because they want you to do and be better, and they care. Mm-hmm. That's true. So. so it's, they, that's, a, that's a great great addition. Yeah, if they let you go wayward and keep letting you go, then they don't really care. Yeah, agreed. That's a great point. Thank you. Yeah, thank and, you. Yeah. So what do you have for us today, Slager? I uh, I started The Alchemist. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mia told me it'd be that I would really enjoy it, and I really do. It's by all right. I'm gonna butcher his name. It's a tough name. I Paolo Coelho. Coelho. C O E H L O. So first one, I think Paolo. I think I nailed that one. Uh, I'm not done with it, about halfway. Pretty quick read, uh, easy read. But it's essentially about the shepherd who is having literal dreams while he's sleeping. He doesn't know what they mean. He tries to get them kind of deciphered and just goes on this huge journey uh, of finding what eventually becomes known as the, the personal legend. So just how they depict that in the book is following your path. Not anyone else is doing what you think you are felt and called to do, even if it takes you on detours you never thought you'd have. This shepherd ends up you know, working, I'm not gonna give too much away, in a shop that sells crystals and things like that, and glassware, never thought he'd do it. Blows up this dude's business, it's awesome. Tons of business and then it's time for him to continue on his way. He was there for a year, time to keep moving on, and he meets all these fascinating people, and at some point they all kind of have an idea of what he's seeking for. Mm-hmm. And they give certain advices or, or insights, and, and it's just it's a captivating read for me because I don't know exactly what the next interaction is going to be with who he meets along the way. What, what is, I'm so fascinated in how it's going to end. And I like well-written things like that where it's kind of hard for me to predict. That's why I loved the show Breaking Bad. You mm-hmm. thought you knew what was going to happen next and you were always wrong. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, this, uh, I don't know, it's its a book truly about following what you want and need to do. Um, and I feel like that's, you know, a lot of us are still figuring that out. Mm-hmm. You and I think we're on that path of at least partially what we're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and just kind of resonates pretty well with me but yeah it's a very interesting read right now and about him you know finding the alchemist you know, mm-hmm. who can speak universal languages uh with people and he's just kind of this journeyman on on a path to follow a literal dream yeah that he didn't couldn't make sense of and now he's trying to so yeah and it it's a lifelong journey for everybody. Like, mm. you just gotta understand, like, you're where you're at today because of several thousand different events and, yep. and things. And there's no like one single path. But I mean, these events that happen to us, like this journey, it, it should give you clarity for at least something that you can continue to work for mm. your, your your life. And hundred percent success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. From that uh, Earl Nightingale, that's his wow. quote. That's um, true. Drop that mic, boo-boo. And that's going to change, Damn. man. Like, you're going to find out what, what that what the worthy ideal means to you mm-hmm. throughout the journey. I think that's what that book does. Yeah. It tells you. Right, like what's worth it to you. 
All right, everyone. Thanks for hanging with us. As always, we really appreciate it. Head on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and review. And then let us know any people, topics you want to hear on the show. Uh, We always want to hear from you guys and tailor the show to you as well. So until next time, we are out of here.